You're listening to Motherhood in Black and White. Hello, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. My name is Kanji. I'm Tara. And we are two moms that are just out here in the streets doing the best we can. Out here in the streets. Don't I wish. (laughs) I never leave my house. I have not been in the streets for a long time. It seems that way. (laughs) Now, I don't leave my house now because with the new job that I took back in April, I travel a little bit. Our offices have just reopened. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, I am still working remotely from home. Mm -hmm. And so when you come over to record these weekly podcast episodes, Tara, it's just the highlight of my week. (laughs) Bring a little something special because you haven't seen anybody in a week. (laughs) No, not just that. But because you just bring something special everywhere you go. And when you came over to record this week's episode, you know, we're in North Texas, Mm -hmm. but it is late fall. Mm -hmm. And you had the nerve to show up at my house wearing just a T-shirt, nothing else. It's not cold. Okay, this is where (laughs) we can agree to disagree. It is freezing. No. And the reason I think that you think it's not cold is because you have that Nordic blood going through your veins. That's probably that Eastern European (laughs) thing I got it going on. You know, and me with my African roots, we're not used to cold weather. (laughs) Black people feel cold a different kind of way. Right. 60 degrees is freezing to you guys. That's okay. Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. So something a little bit different. And, And you know what's something else that's really different just about white people and black people is it's something I want to talk about and bring to the conversation this week because it's not something we've talked about before. And it's something that I've been thinking about and experiencing. And that's the difference with our hair and hair care. Yeah. Especially with the textures of our hair being very different. Remember last week, I got this brand new hairstyle. And when we were recording, we had some challenges because I got my hair braided Mm -hmm. in a style called box braids. Mm -hmm. And I had it up in a nice high bun, Mm -hmm. which didn't work really well with these headphones. Looked amazing, but did not (laughs) allow the headphones to sit on your head. That's correct. But wearing my hair in braids for the first time in my adult professional life, it kind of feels liberating to me. But it also has reminded me, um, working in a lot of white spaces, about conversations that I've had my entire life around my hair. Mm. Um, And so knowing that my son, who has a head full of curly hair, large afro, he's had some challenges as well. Wanted to talk about this a little bit and also wanted to talk about some of the conversations that I kind of wish that some white parents had had with my friends when I was growing up. Yeah. Is that cool? Absolutely. Um, So I mentioned to you a few minutes ago that I have my hair in box braids. And for most of my adult life, I've worn my hair in ways and things that were deemed, quote unquote, professional. Mm -hmm. Um, As we know, for the last 18 years or so, I was an attorney. I worked for a law firm in New York. And so professional hairstyles um, for Black women were largely seen as things that kind of resembled white hair, Mm -hmm. which is straight Straight. or Mm -hmm. straight or long. And with black hair, a lot of us have textures. And now let me preface this. I'm not speaking for all black women. Of course. I'm talking about my black hairstyle, my black hair care journey. And I will always tell people, if you want to learn about someone, ask that individual. But also wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about some of your hair care journeys. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And kind of realizing that it's different but also probably equally funny. Yeah, I'm sure we've discussed this a little bit, but I know 
I think every woman, and again, I'm generalizing, so if it's not you, that's cool. But I think most women can tell you stories about a bad haircut or a bad hairstyle they have had in their life, especially when we were young. You know, those of us that grew up in the 80s, mm. oh, oh no, <laughs> there were some bad ones. Okay, so tell me. When you were a child, mm-hmm. your least favorite hairstyle. My least favorite hairstyle was in fourth grade. I could tell you exactly what grade it was. And it was one of those things where my mother cut my hair and it got out of hand on the sides. And basically, I'm just going to call it what it was. It was like a full on mullet. Mm-hmm. Like I have pictures that I keep hidden and it was bad. What is it going to take for these hidden pictures? <laughs> To I'll see. show them. I ain't scared. Okay, so <laughs> Facebook and podcast mm-hmm. and Instagram families. What you need to realize is that Tara, she has agreed to go into her hidden treasure uh-huh. chest of pictures, and we will post some of these on our Instagram account. We will. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at Black and White Momcast, and you will see these pictures of Tara's hairstyle. What you won't see is pictures of my fifth grade hairstyle. What? I agreed. Okay, well, tell me about your fifth grade hairstyle. So you remember (laughs) that your fourth grade hairstyle, the mullet, Mm -hmm. was your worst haircut. Worst haircut ever. I remember that in fifth grade, it was the day we had a huge earthquake in California. I remember this day like it was yesterday. But in fifth grade, my mom was getting her hair done and I looked at her and I begged my mother, Mm. begged her for a jerry curl. (laughs) It was very popular at that time. So those of our listeners who are listening from different countries or even from different generations who did not understand or know the popularity of the jerry curl, Mm -hmm. let me explain to you. The jerry curl was the style in the mid to late 80s, especially in California. So if you listen to hip hop music, you could think about some of the West Coast rappers, Mm -hmm. Easy e Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. They have this hairstyle where it was chemicals that were placed into black hair, um, which is already textured for the most part. And the chemicals made the hair look very curly and very greasy. Very shiny. (laughs) Very, very shiny. (laughs) And it required a lot of upkeep. There were a lot of products we had to put in to maintain it. And we had to put on like plastic caps to keep the hair moisturized. Uh And the kryptonite. To a jerry curl was water. Water. I knew that. You yeah, knew that. I knew that. You knew yeah, that. Yeah. So if you got your hair wet, the jerry curl looked a hot mess. <laughs> and so it was hard to have this jerry curl in fifth grade when I went to this private school when I also had daily swimming lessons oh, at gosh. school. Yes. Um, so many stories there. So many things that I can bring up in my therapy. But that was my childhood. <laughs> yeah. And realizing, like, having to explain to my classmates, like, what's going on with your hair when you get out of the pool? Right. 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 Yeah. And you laughed because you know something about Jerry Curl. I do. Yes. I had a few experiences with that when I was a kid in elementary school. My first experience was when I was in kindergarten. We had one. I was in a small town and we had uh, one black student in my class and he had a Jerry Curl. And I remember we played duck duck goose and you know you tap the kid on the head and I remember tapping him on the head and realizing it was kind of I mean I hate the word greasy for it but it was you know it's kind of wet and I remember going home to my mom and being like mom I mean what's in his hair you know and my mom just saying oh well that's just a hairstyle and it's just product that is in his hair it was like no big deal mm. and then the and that was just an easy question I remember that but when I was in fourth grade 
I had a friend from class come stay the night with me, and she had a jerry curl. And she, when she came to stay the night, she'd forgotten her product. And I remember the next day we woke up, and her hair definitely, you could tell a difference. And she was really self-conscious about it. So, like, my mom and I took her to the store and got her some product so she could fix it up and feel better about it. But I remember her being, like, really upset that she didn't have it, and her hair didn't look right, and her being self-conscious about it. In both of those instances, um, I love your mom's reaction. Yeah. And I think that if more parents had that reaction when kids are coming to them about situations that they don't understand because it's not their own, Mm -hmm. we could be so much better. But what happens is a lot of times, and I felt it growing up, and, and again, sadly, my kid feels it a little bit, it's... When people don't understand something that is different than them, Mm. there is um, a labeling that's put on it. That different doesn't just mean different. Different means worse or bad. Right. And there are conversations around black hair and black hair care that sometimes black hair or textured hair is, quote unquote, bad hair. Yeah, like bad hair or or not normal and or completely not normal. okay. Yeah, we have in for our anti racism and, and anti bias advocacy and awareness nonprofit, we do have an advocate who lives in Arkansas and she is an elementary school teacher. And during some of our conversations the last couple of months, Irene has spoken to me. And one of the areas that she kind of reached this aha moment, an area of enlightenment, she said, you know, when we have these crazy hair days at school, Mm -hmm. a lot of times what people do is they try to put their kids in hairstyles that mirror what young black kids have, either Mm -hmm. their hair in braids or um, their hair as an afro or teased up. up. Mm -hmm. And she said she realized that with a lot of white spaces in a lot of white communities, sometimes crazy hair is equated with black hair. Mm -hmm. And for her to have that realization and talk to me and realize like that's something in a conversation that she was bringing to the classroom and her students, it made me smile and realize like, I wish more people kind of got that. Yeah. I I don't know that I've ever thought of that, but that's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Roman um, has uh, naturally curly hair. And again, the texture is just, it's just different. Yeah. And when he was younger, when he was like two or three years old, I remember getting him in bathtubs and whenever we'd wash his hair, I would see he would be excited. And he's like, mommy, my hair straight like Superman. Mm. And then as his hair dried and naturally got more and more curly, he would get upset. And I said, buddy, why are you upset? He's like, it's not straight like Superman or any of my friends. Oh. And Teaching him to love and appreciate his natural curls and the texture of his hair and how wonderful it is has been a journey. Mm. Ooh, it's been a journey. Mm. And it's also been made a little bit more challenging because he's been in areas where since he was two or three years old, he's had white friends and white classmates say to him things like, you have clown hair. Mm. Your hair looks like a clown. Mm. And when you are in a situation where you are a minority and not because like a racial or ethnic minority, a minority like yeah. you there. It's it, different. Okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. When a majority of people look or act or feel or think a certain way and you don't. Yeah. Sometimes what happens is that mentality is that the majority is right or good. And you being in the minority as different or mm, bad, yeah. worse, other or less than. And there's so many conversations that that I've had to have with my son about his hair and hair care and texture and, and 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 caring for his hair daily that's different. And some of the things he's like, mom, people just, my classmates just touch my hair or they comment on my hair and I don't like it. 
And I've said, like, this is something I've been struggling with for 40 years. Yeah. You know, um, we talk about our love affair for Beyonce. Yes. I equally have a love affair with her sister, Solange, who about five years ago came out with a song, Don't Touch My Hair. I and love that. That should be my national album. <laughs> that whole album was fantastic, but that song specifically was yeah. very good. And, you know, and, and I wonder why it is. Like, there is this fetishizing of black hair. Mm. And the first thing, if someone's listening to this podcast, white, Asian, Hispanic, or, or someone who doesn't have, who has not been around someone who has a different hair texture and you see it, I would just please tell you, don't touch my hair. Don't touch any black person's hair without approval or consent because it feels mm -hmm. like you're treating me like an animal. And I've had that happen. I've had strangers come up to me in my life and say to me, ooh, can I touch your, we're not even asking, it's like touching my hair and right. say, oh, your hair I looks your pretty. Hair. I love your yeah. hair or your hair's so pretty. Or when it's changed, the hairstyle changes, yeah. commenting on it, Without being asked. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. I'm so sorry that's happened to you. I've, Thank you. I've seen that experience with a lot of my friends and had that conversation with a lot of my friends because I know I've seen it happen. And I guess what I think about often and when I've talked to my white friends who have – who I've – corrected or they've asked why it's such you know I've, I've had my wife friends ask me like why is it and i'm like would you just walk up to some dude or would you just walk up to some white woman and just reach out and start putting your hands in her hair no you would not like mm -hmm. let's just uh, let's just back it all the way up just don't touch people you don't know yep. without consent that that is the strangest thing that i feel that I don't understand why we have to clarify that. <laughs> it makes zero sense to me. Yeah. And thank you for kind of advocating and stepping up. And again, when we're in spaces where you see people doing things, sometimes yeah. it's it's just putting yourself in the other person's situation. Like, how would that feel if someone came up and just touched your hair? Right. 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 And a lot of it is a curiosity factor. Right. And I get that. I get that. But there, I also get that there is a Google, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I, I am not your personal search engine. Right. If I am your friend or I'm friendly with you, of course, I'm going to have these conversations with you. And I would encourage any person that is friendly or friends with someone who may be different than them to have this conversation, to converse about like what your experience is and how you can learn more. Mm. But again, it is not on me to be the source of your education. It's on each of us to kind of educate ourselves. Absolutely. And and I think there's a difference. You know, there's a difference between asking about your experience because I'm trying to know you mm -hmm. and then and not following up the questions about like, well, what can I be? There's a difference, right? right. I can just be asking you about your experience and we're having a conversation about it. But then if I were to follow up and ask you, okay, well, going forward, how should I treat every black person? I mean, <laughs> that makes zero sense. That's not that's not the point. And, and I would also say, because you made a comment about when hairstyles change, what I have always loved about my black friends is that I've always felt jealous because I feel like, 
there's a, a wide array of hairstyles that they've always been able to try out that I my hair just always felt so boring about, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm always comfortable just sharing, because I, I would do that with anybody if I saw somebody got a new hairstyle, I'd be like, like, you're bra- I love your braids. And I, Thank you. when I came over, I was like, oh, how right, I like this new hair. And I would do that for anybody. I mean, white women, black women, dude, whoever. I would say like, oh, hey, I like that new haircut. And so I think, you know, it's important to know, it's not that you can't comment on or be appreciative of, mm-hmm. like, but just be aware of this is a separate person from you. You're not entitled to any of their space or their energy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, we talk about braids and we've gone on a lot of vacations. My family has to Caribbean islands. And what happens without fail is when we get off, off the ships or we're at some of the places in Caribbean islands, a lot of the um, other white visitors or passengers will want to get their hair braided uh-huh. because of, you know, the locals. And yeah. And sometimes some people are like, well, is that misappropriation? Right. Is that cultural misappropriation? Yeah. And we've had these talks and conversations like, well, Kim Kardashian's wearing her hair in braids. Is she appropriating black culture? Mm. And people have asked me, you know, of course, sometimes because I work in the ecosystem yeah. and, and I'm really vocal about um, making sure that we kind of have conversations around ethnic diversities and gender diversities and equality and equity. People are like, well, what's your opinion on this? Is that misappropriation? Or people even say like, I'm confused. Like, if I like the way the hairstyle right. is, why can't I or shouldn't I wear it this right, way? Right. And my opinion, again, it is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for every black person, <laughs> please. Um, my opinion is that there is a distinction mm-hmm. between cultural misappropriation and cultural appreciation. Mm-hmm. So before we can have cultural appreciation, you really have to understand what is about that culture, right? Mm. And so when you look at someone who may have darker skin or larger lips or a textured hairstyle, and also if you're commenting about that in a negative way, then why, if you're a white person or a fair-skinned person, would you then try to get a tan, get lip injections, put your hair in a hairstyle if that is not something that you appreciate or are taking the time to appreciate. Mm. And that's a distinction that I think I would hope that people reflect on before they embark on any type of a journey into embracing parts of another culture's identity. It's having that respect for a culture first and for those people. And not just looking at something and going, ooh, I want that, Mm -hmm. and not understanding where it came from. No, I understand that. I I think, too, uh, I've had this argument with some of my friends before about cultural appropriation, misappropriation and the distinction there. Mm-hmm. And it is, I think it is, it's one of those gray areas. Cause it's like, well, it's because I like, I'm like, okay, but just, you know, so one of the things that I know I've said is just to consider that if there is a difference between if a white person were to wear braids or a hairstyle that was normally considered, you know, from the black community and not be, penalized and it be accepted but then turn around and a black woman wears her hair just the way she normally would and she is penalized for the exact same look like that is a huge difference like understand that it's one thing to wear that hairstyle but we need to make sure that we're supporting all people wearing that hairstyle and not just now that oh now that white people are wearing it it's Mm -hmm. okay like that's the part that gets me frustrated it's just like guys come on like i grew up in schools where 
there were penalties for certain hairstyles because yeah. they weren't within code. And then, but then you'd see like a white person wearing something very similar, but that was okay. It does not make sense to me. And that hasn't changed in the last 20 or 30 Agreed. years, Tara. Agreed. You, you know, there's still penalties around certain hairstyles or even around types of hair care. You think about, um, people who are wearing their hair in natu- in dreadlocks mm-hmm. or in with braids in their hair yeah. and they can't wear, do that at school yeah. they're penalized you know it's a it's a violation and in the workplace for adults it's still in many states and in many workplaces and in corporations deemed unacceptable and permissible mm. to fire someone or to not hire someone because of the way that their hair looks there is legislation now, and I'm, I'm, I might get this wrong. I know that it was up for legislation last year in Texas called the Crown Act. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and because it is legal to fire someone based on the way that their hair looks or the, or the hairstyle that they choose to wear. Mm. And I've always questioned, like, why is it that the way that my hair grows out of my head, right. the natural <laughs> texture of my right. hair is deemed either offensive or 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 ugly to people. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I've seen that on LinkedIn a lot too, the talk about the Crown Act. And, you know, I know the tagline, you know, natural hair is professional hair. It's just baffling to me. Mm-hmm. And I and I won't say, I mean, obviously, I don't live in a bubble. And so I work in a, a you know, a largely white normative industry. And I do hear comments because I have, you know, employees that I know that, uh, come in with different hairstyles often. And I mean, it doesn't phase me at all, but I'll hear sideways comments sometimes from maybe the upper levels and some of the older generation, just not understanding, you know, not rude, but confused. And I and I just kind of look at them like, uh, and? Like, I just try to ask the question, and what does that mean? And like, oh, well, you know, we just, uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, so it, I see it still happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to just, treat it like my mom did, I guess, was like, this is just what people look like. I don't, it doesn't make a difference to professionalism or not. They're doing a great job. And that is what their hair looks like. I'm very confused about what the problem would be. So it's, um, you know, I won't say that I don't see it in regular work days, because I do. Um, But I love the movement I've seen in the last few years with natural hair and, and, you know, this push to show how beautiful it is. And that it doesn't have anything to do with a person's character or work ethic or ability to do a great job. I I, I don't understand why we have to have that movement, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. You know, and, and during the we 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 think um there is this TV show and I I have not seen it, but Octavia Spencer uh-huh. is the lead actress, and it's the story of the first black female millionaire. Oh yes, Madam C.J. Yes. Walker. Yes, who um became a millionaire because of her invention of black hair care products. Mm-hmm. And the black hair care industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Yes, it is. Um, and I think a lot of it is because for so many years, for so many generations, black women have been taught and have been told that our hair only looks good the closer it is to white hair. Right. And so for many, many years, there have been products that have been designed to chemically straighten and alter the texture of our hair. Mm. And so we look and and the black woman's hair care journey, a lot of times I think may be reflective of her own personal journey. Of course. And I'm again, I'm going to share my story. So growing up, my mother 
had what in our community was called, quote unquote, good hair. My mother had naturally straight, jet black, long hair. And so people are like, oh, she must have Indian <laughs> in her, right? <laughs> um, but that was kind of like the ideal right. to have that kind of hair mm. in, in kind of the way that it was presented in our community. And so I had textured hair, but I remember at a young age, my mother with a hot pressing comb mm. to press my hair using heat to style it and to make it a little bit straighter. And again, most textured products and most things, the kryptonite for black hair is often water. Water. Yeah. Water. So so just realize that for parents that are listening, if you have black kids that are coming to a swim party at your house, <laughs> the state or texture of their hair may change That's once right. exposed to water. That's right. And it just changes because of the chemicals and it's just different type of texture. So I had that. And again, my mother at some point, she got a jerry curl, but she was a grown woman. And then, of course, in fifth grade, I begged my mother for this jerry curl. (laughs) And the only way to kind of get a jerry curl out of your hair is to grow it out, grow it out, which requires many, many times and different (laughs) textures. So then I switched and I started getting braids. Mm -hmm. And this is when I'm in, in middle school. And a lot of the white kids at school were like, yesterday, your hair was really short and curly. And today it's down to your butt in braids. Like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? And And having to have these conversations with other kids because they just did not have that exposure. And I, again, felt like the person that was on display. Display, Yes. And already knowing how different I was, it felt even more different. And I had teachers asking me and, um, and, and asking me questions in front of the entire class. And I just remember even now how that made me feel. Mm. So I had braids for a long time. And then when my mother finally allowed me, I got the chemical relaxer Mm. again. Madam C.J. Walker, thank you for very much for that. And the <laughs> chemical relaxer naturally relaxed my hair. And we called it back then a perm. So it was different because a perm for black people was, was straight, straightening. And a perm for white people was curly. Yes. That's right. So so we had perms, but it did different things to our hair. That's right. right? Um, and then I did that. And then um, at some point when I was in my 20s, so I had like chemically straightened, relaxed hair for most of my teens and 20s which just required a lot of upkeep and again, kryptonite, water, and also sweat. So we had this whole tension with, do I work out and mess up my hair? <laughs> You're like constantly having to miss out because you don't want to mess up your hair. Yeah. I hate that for you. Just the, just the drama. And then uh. we've had, um, there have been wigs and there have been extensions and weaves. But like you mentioned earlier, Tara, there have been changes. Mm-hmm. And I've had the ability to wear my hair different ways, knowing that the way that I wear it kind of also is a reflection of how I'm feeling yes. in certain moments. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with getting extensions or, or weave. A lot of white women, a lot of uh, Latina women do it. People do it. It's available. It's only, I think, criticized when Black women do it. I think you're right. I think you're right. My hair journey is exactly the same. I think that women, all the women I know anyway, we do tend to, when we want to feel different or, you know, look different or just change the way we're feeling inside, we often go to the hair. I mean, it is it is an easy thing. You can't lose the weight in a week, but I sure have a different haircut tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think that's pretty common. Um, and I've had plenty of friends get extensions or just like fillers, you know, to yeah. thicken it up a little bit. I think you're right. I think that when white women do that, uh, you know, go super short, go super long, go back and forth, it's often not commented on. And when black women do it, it is. Yeah. And, and I think with with kids in school, we have um, black kids 
males and females that are having their hair care journey. And if we're in an integrative society and environment, sometimes there are other kids that make comments about their hair. And I hear how it affects and impacts my son. Yeah. And so if you are a parent and you and you have children, I would just encourage you to have conversations with them about not just the hair care of people who have different textures here, but also we think about um, children that be, might be coming to school wearing hijabs, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And just having respect for and understanding that different does not mean less than, mm. does not mean bad. It's just different and starting to frame the conversation and frame that narrative. I agree. I would also encourage, especially parents, knowing that we have so many differences, again, in today's society, is, you know, go educate yourself. There are so many resources available online. I mean, I'm constantly catching myself watching Facebook videos. There's a there's a white mom that I watch sometimes, and she adopted two black daughters, mm-hmm. and she does these great videos about what – I mean, she really went to school and learned how to handle black hair care, and she's teaching her girls how to take care of their hair. She does it. It gets great comments. A lot of black women share it and talk about this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I also see dads posting videos where they learn how to take care of their daughter's hair or their son's hair. And also, you know, talking about hijabs and different cultural norms for hairstyles. Like Mm -hmm. the information is out there. So I know as a parent, if Gage were to come to me today and ask me a question about something I don't know, we would just go look it up. So I just hope that parents don't shy away from those conversations if they don't know or they don't understand. It's not a pick up your phone. You can understand it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. You can at least get some good resources out there. So I would encourage, this is just another one of those things that like, let's all learn. Let's all learn about each other. And then we can share that with our kids. And then our kids grow up and they don't have to find out when they're adults. You know, they can find out right now. It's so easy. Absolutely. And again, like I mentioned, we first started this episode. If I had a time machine, and I could go back 30 years or 35 years and talk to the parents of some of my white friends, I would just encourage them to educate themselves and to remind them or let them know that I am not an animal, I am not an object, and also I am am, am not my hair. Um, And I'm going to end this with one of my favorite songs from the fantastic India Ari. Mm. So India Ari, love her. Yes. Loved her for 20 some years. Yes. I don't know what she's doing now, but um, <laughs> India Ari is a fantastic um, singer, a vocalist and songwriter. If you were not familiar with her, her music, please, I encourage you podcast family just to, to listen. But about 20 years ago, India Ari had a song and it was called, I am not my hair. Mm. And the lyrics of the song always resonate so deeply with me and and she wrote I'm not my hair I am not this skin I'm not your expectations I am the soul that lives within so we may all look different on the outside but when we teach our kids and when we educate ourselves that it is the soul of each of us that really matters that's when we can really embark on this journey for um enjoying this life that we are all on together and doing it in a collective way as a community that continues to uplift and uh, one another and each other. So that's, I guess, kind of 
what I wanted to say this weekend. <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy Wait, when you when I see you next week, yeah. I might have different hair. Oh, so we, you know. that is your prerogative. You do <laughs> what you want. <laughs> I love you very much, whatever your hair looks oh, like. And I love you as well. And again, I love it when you change your hair. And I'm going to love it <laughs> when I see these pictures of you with that mullet. <laughs> Listen. I got to go dig them up now. <laughs> Ooh, you, you heard I her. promised it. Podcast family, we will get these pictures of fourth grade Tara with her mullet. But what you will never see is fifth grade Kanji with this Jerry curl. That's not fair, but okay. I'll, I'll take the hit on this one, guys. <laughs> the hair care journey is just something. <laughs> it's, you know, if wherever you are on your hair care journey or also on your personal journey, embrace it. Move forward and also know that we are moving right alongside you. With that being said, podcast family, we are going to wrap up this week's episode of Motherhood in Black and White. Again, I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. Thank you for joining us. Continue to join us. We will be back next week with another episode. Same time, same place. Take good care, podcast fam. And end scene. Were you about to cry over there? Uh, yes. You were that. Yes, you were making me a little emotional. <laughs> I just wanted, I want to come hug you real bad. Keep your distance. I just, what I really want to do is go uh, strangle some children in the 80s, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs>